Hello and welcome to the third episode of Hughes of Love. Yeah. I'm your host, Marcus Hughes, and I have with me my lovely. And what else? Beautiful. And what else? Intelligent. And what else? Gorgeous. And what else? Sexy. What else? Relax. Uh oh. Wife <laughs> and co host, Kisa. Now that we found love, what are we going to do with it? So, just a little quick wrap-up, uh, recap of uh, the last two episodes. We revealed our origin stories, because, you know, in my world, we're, 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 superheroes. we're superheroes. Yeah, we are. Um, then we described how we met. We fell in love, got engaged, got married, and now what? Um, so It's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. yeah so, we got married, and then, and then, then what? I don't know about y'all, but life came at us super fast. So for those of you who are new and would like to hear the things that have helped us be successful, stick around because we're about to tell you. So, uh, like like Kisa said, you know, life came at us fast. We had a lot going on in our first, well, all the way through till now, but the first <laughs> year was crazy. Yeah. Um, we got pregnant we had some issues we gotta back up uh, yeah rewind that one because you gotta give a little bit of so yeah we were only married well first we had planned on having a baby a year and a half after we got married that was our goal is to be married for a year and right around our birthdays to start trying for another for a baby for another baby and we got pregnant seven months in Seven months in. I don't even think we really knew each other yet <laughs> in terms of being married. Listen, it but is we what found it out is. we got pregnant. So yeah. anyway, as you can imagine, with um so many things coming at us so quickly, um a lot of issues came up. Um so we just kinda had to go back to what we remembered in counseling. Um as as you know, we said in the last episode. Um, because of these issues came a lot of intense fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to go back to, you know, what we, t- we were taught in counseling and um, some of the things that um, really help us to be successful are all pretty common sense things. But when you're in the thick of it, you know, you have to go back to the particulars. So we discussed communication. We had to go back and see what that means. Um, my um, preference in communicating um, how I feel is different than the way Kisa is. Right. And um, so really it was just about finding ways to communicate, times to communicate, and um expectations and boundaries. Um, We really had to take a step back because, you know, at that point we were kind of butt heads a lot, but, you know, there's still love. It was just a matter of um, speaking the same language. Right. And I think at that time, like you said, we were still in love with each other. We just didn't like each other a lot. But I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with you are really infusing two completely separate lives and trying to create this one new 
life. And in addition to that, we were doing that with two four-year-olds, um, a brand new pregnancy and a pregnancy that came with a lot of complications, um, some outside influences. And so it was just, a we had a lot on our plate very early on. So one of the things that um, <clears throat> we had to do was um, set some time apart and find ways to communicate um, outside of being upset with one another. Right. Um, one of the things that worked for me was actually writing how I felt out and sending a letter or an email or a text message. Um, you do have to be careful about, you know, sending um, those types of messages because it's really hard to uh, infer the energy behind it. So you have to really, you know, choose your words uh, well. But I felt I found that that was one of the word one of the methods um, that helped me say what I had to say um, safely and in a way that uh, was not threatening. Yeah, and I think for me, I am just now discovering my way of communicating in terms of the way that I feel. Um, I think in the beginning, I was really good at just, I don't want to say exploding, but probably more so. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like I needed to tell you right then and right there. And however it came out, it came out. And that's how I was used to just explaining my frustrations to people. But I realized very early on that that was not going to work with you. And so it's been a matter of trial and error. But I think in this past year or so, I've learned that if I come to you, um, calm voice, even if I'm upset, um, and just really state the facts, kind of not try to give the 20 million backstories behind it. That's something that we definitely learned too, is don't try to use another situation to, to describe the current one that you're in. Um, not try to take anything that angered me in the past or anything like that and really focus on the situation at hand and what was going on. And that was my way of, or, and currently my way of discussing things with you, which has led to a lot less intense fellowshipping. Yeah, mild fellowship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we went from intense to mild now, for sure. My uh, communication style was... Um, more, I don't want to say passive. I think that I really just understood that my point of view wasn't necessarily right. So I would be upset. I would withdraw, but I would also think about what it was um, that was going on. And I really had to search whether or not um how I felt was was worthy of the feelings that I felt. Yeah. Um, okay. We all are free to feel how we want, but how we respond to that, I think, is what's important. And me as the as the husband, um, I'm called to be a peacemaker, and so I took it upon myself to try to always be the one to. Um, well, you know, have the olive, yeah, <laughs> provide the olive branch. Yeah. Um, but with that, I think um, I was probably um, 
swayed too far in an, in one direction. I mean, the way that I feel is still valid and worthy of a com- of a conversation. I think at the time, though, conversations weren't just conversations, and so it was: Do I fight or do I? Is this worth a fight? Right. And that was pretty much. Um, the approach that I took to it, and it's evolved over the years. Um, but what I've settled on is understanding that communicating how I feel is important, and it's important because if I don't, what I'm actually saying is I don't trust my wife with my feelings. Right. And, you know, we can still communicate without going at each other or making a small situation big. Um, So that was pretty much the things that, you know, helped us at least with the intense fellowship. I mean, we did go to counseling and we did have, you know, um, third parties sit with us, but that was, that in and of itself was actually a huge benefit to us. Yeah. Um, Like we didn't stop counseling just because we got married. Yeah. Well, the counseling aspect, yes. And we continue to, you know, use that from from time to time, but just having friends that are, you know, believers in similar contexts to to us and to be able to hear us and to give us unbiased um, perspective or encouragement or correction and love. Yeah. I think that that was one of the things that really helped us to um, move forward and to communicate and to you know, not be so stuck on how we feel and to really consider um, our spouse, you know, consider you or you consider me. Right. Yeah, I would definitely say building a team behind you is, is definitely important. And we have been blessed to have an amazing set of friends walk along this journey with us. And like you said, um, it's not just friendships that are going to tell you when you're right. Um, or to agree with you, you know, um, some of the closest people to us are the the ones who correct us and correct us often. But it's de- as long as it's done in love and you know that their end result is to not only better you, but better your marriage, mm-hmm. I think is definitely something that everybody should seek out. And I'm grateful that we have that. Yeah. Another key point was to know your spouse. And for us, um we we knew one another in the context of um being a you know boyfriend and, and girlfriend and, right. and being engaged but we didn't cohabitate so we weren't playing like you know we were married and so the next you know the next key thing is really to know your spouse as right. as your husband or your wife right and that was an adjustment for us for yeah. sure yeah Because we had to learn things like, what are your personal preferences? What are, you know, like, for instance, you're definitely the touchy-feely type, Mm -hmm. and I am the opposite. Mm -hmm. And we are still working on that to this day. (laughs) It's not really working on it. You can't stop me from touching you. No, but it's just always, like, I mean, definitely when we first got married. Your little spoon. Oh, my gosh. No, but, you know, when we first got married. There is no your side of the bed. There's no my (laughs) side of the bed. I'm wherever you are. Yes, you are. 
and I would be quite okay if there was a her in his side, but, but there's not. There's not. There's not. And so that's not your reality. So move on. But yeah, but that was an adjustment for me mm-hmm. though because mm-hmm. that was not my personal preference, and it was not my my like. And so, but again, it's something that when you get married, you do have to adjust. And that was something that I mean, we've been married now for quite a number of years, and we had to get you like I had to get used to that. And kind of just, okay, he's never going to change in that respect. So how can I adjust myself so that it's not causing an issue? Because it's not a bad thing. It was just not my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, knowing who you are married to will go a long way. Um, their likes, their dislikes, their strengths and weaknesses. Like, I am very easygoing. I'm very flexible he says not (laughs) um so we you know we all have our our peculiarities and things that make us unique he's trying to what are you trying to say i'm saying that (laughs) things that you don't like you don't let go okay yeah you're right you're right that you know can be fun to hear often (laughs) um but like me i just learned to live with it i mean it's who you are i mean there's certain things i'll point out because like 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 you like to use words that don't fit what you're trying to say yeah but now though i've gotten to the point now at least where i always look at you for the correction to make sure that i don't embarrass myself and use a word and part of that now is to i've been at home for six years with children that are itty bitty. And so my word game went from collegiate level to like Sesame Street. So I often have to like look to you to make sure that I am not trying to use words. Um, Cause in my mind it makes sense. But then again, you know, I say go to the potty 20 million times a day. So I have to check myself, mm-hmm. but I think of like likes and dislikes, like, um, or knowing your spouse, when we first got married, you know, I thought it would be all cute to like share food and stuff like that. We learned very early on that like that we like we can't do that. Like, it's not we don't... cute about that. Yeah, exactly. But like you know, like you see the movies and you see them like sitting at a table and they're like sharing their meal and you know you take a bite, I take a bite and stuff. And like no, that doesn't work for us. We'd end up in a whole brawl because I eat slow mm-hmm. and methodical and I like to enjoy my food and. I like to take small bites and have conversation in between and you like to eat, you inhale and <laughs> two bites in your whole plate's gone. And like, uh-uh, I don't want you to inhale my food. So I just, so we just learned that we See, just but that's, can't share. That's not how it goes. You want my food and yeah, I don't want to share it. Yeah, but we really don't share it anymore though. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. We had to learn how to not share. Yeah, but that's not what you said. Yes, I did. Okay. We're going to rewind it so you can hear because I said... We'll just listen to it when it comes out. Yeah, that we had to learn that sharing food for us doesn't work. You said you didn't want me to scarf down your food. Oh my gosh, you're just being extra because it's late. (laughs) I guess. Anyway, but one of the things that I think that we really had to understand was that, you know, the, the beauty of two lives coming together, the beauty of having one person have strengths and weaknesses and the other person having 
being strong where you're weak and and weak where you're strong is that it makes for a complete package. And uh, I think initially we weren't really able to see the benefit or appreciate one another's strengths and um, give grace where they're weak. Um, But it's really important to make sure that when you are um, finding out about one another um, at this level, that you are kind to one another in a way that, you know, isn't dismissive or isn't, um, you know, demeaning or whatever, you know, I mean, I think that each relationship, each dynamic is going to be different, you know, based on your relationship with your spouse. But, you know, some people are sensitive to those things. You just kind of have to keep those things in mind. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're a team. At the end of the day, um, you want that your other, you know, you want your mate, you want your spouse, you want your husband, you want your wife to feel safe in, in being who they are. And, you know, you, I'm sure if you'd want that you know, um, done to you. So it's very important that, you know, you make sure that you extend that to them as well. Right. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that one because I think even for us in situations where, you know, to give an example in our marriage is I am very OCD when it comes to scheduling and organization. And like you said, you're you're laid back. And so mm-hmm. a schedule really doesn't apply if it doesn't have to outside of like working, but anything outside of that is kind of like, eh, whatever. And so I had to learn that I could not, and it's not depending on you, but it wasn't fair to you if I would put it on you to schedule something or to make an appointment or something like that like that wouldn't have been fair and then get upset if things didn't happen or if I didn't get on the calendar if you didn't call somebody and schedule x y and z because that was my strength so why would I put that on you and then get upset if you didn't do it knowing that that wasn't something that was your strength so things like that like you can't put expectations on your spouse knowing that that's not their their strengths or weakness, or if it is their weakness to put an expectation on them, that's not fair. Right. I think that was the key word. You can't have an expectation of them and they don't know what it is that you expect. Right. Um, so I think another thing that helped us going back to communication is to speak um, your lover's love language. And ours are very different. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, gifts aren't as appreciated when they're not in the language of love that you prefer. Right. Um, I I actually don't know what my love language is right now. But I know that one of them right now is, uh, what is that, touch? Yeah. I don't know exactly what it's called, but yours is definitely touch. Whatever that is. I know that is. there's like a, you know, an yeah. order of which one is is most prevalent or whatever. That's I don't yours, know. whatever it is. Physical touch, I think. Physical touch. Yeah. Where mine is acts of service. Neither one of us are really gifts, which is interesting. No, that's not true. No, I mean as our like top one. Yeah, it's probably number two for yeah, me. Yeah, I think that is number two for you. 
Um, My birthday is a holiday. I don't want romantic gifts. <laughs> I don't want anything that reminds you of the day that we met. I don't want anything of that. I want a PlayStation 5. I want a new TV. I want new sneakers. I want something for you me. It's not a joint gift. It is not for you. It's not for the kids. It's not uh, for everybody. It's me. It's my day. Celebrate me. And what he's saying is he wants me. He wants us to celebrate him, but we do. We do not make a joint effort or anything like that. Um, I learned that very early on that his day is his day. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think on my birthday, it's the same thing. Like make the whole day about me. It's my day. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But in general, on like a daily basis, yeah, yours is definitely physical touch, and I think gifts too. In term, but gifts in a small sense, like it doesn't always have to be like no. a pair of sneakers or something no, like that. No. Like you like a Snickers bar, or you like, you know, whatever your eggnog and all that kind of stuff, or whatever it is that you like is those are little things. But for me, it's definitely acts of service. Like go ahead and wash the dishes, or do the laundry, or I get in the car and the gas is full, stuff like that. Like that to me is the ultimate. Like that is my love language. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That for sure for me is my that's my ultimate like, oh you really love me. You went ahead and saw that I have six piles of laundry sitting over there and you folded five of them. Now a part of that is letting that information be known. Right. So don't expect your mate to read your mind. Right. Don't that expect somebody to guess. Terrible, terrible, horrible <laughs> thing to expect from somebody else. Yeah. Well, you should know. We've been together. For, I, listen, I don't care. I don't know what I want sometimes. I don't know what I want to eat. Yeah, so you why do you want me to expect to know what it is that you want or what you, I, I'm good. No. Tell me what you want. Tell me what makes you happy, and I will do that. Yeah, there can't be any guessing 20, games. 30 years down the line, maybe I could be, uh, you know, a mind reader or something like that. No, <laughs> not now. Not now. Yeah, that's something that we had to learn, definitely, is that there can't be any guessing games, and that, um, and that it's not fair that if I need the dishes to be done and stuff like that to feel like, I don't know, feel loved in a sense, then I need to tell you that. I can't just see the dishes pile up and you're doing something completely different than get upset because you didn't do the dishes. Like If you didn't know that was important to me, then why would you expect it to be important to me? Um, so that that was definitely a big trial and error when we first got married. Because I mean, neither one of us really knew. And I don't, I don't think either one of us really, I don't want to say we didn't know how to communicate it, but... I think more or less is you're kind of still walking on eggshells a little bit too when you first get married because you're like, should I tell this person this? Should I not tell them? Well, this? you don't is know this what you make don't them know. Expect? Yeah, is, are they going to get upset if I say something? Like I... men are, I'm going to speak for men. I don't know if it applies to everybody, but if you're like me, <laughs> I complete tasks in 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 sequential. Like if you have to give me one thing at a time. Don't give me a laundry list of things to do and then expect them to get done or be mad that they're not. Give me a single thing to complete. Let me go to the next, so on and so forth. I might do two of those five things, but I went and did something else and have my own agenda and I've moved on. 
and she just seething, looking at all the things that need to be done and vice versa. I'm sure there's things that I look at and I'm just like, why in the world did you do that? Hmm. Why? That makes no sense. But, you know, I think that that's just a part of um, making clear what it is that you would like, not an expectation, but things that you would like uh, from your spouse. Because I think another thing is that, you know, just because you ask doesn't mean that they have to do it. Um, it would be kind, it would be nice, but, you know, there are just certain times or certain instances where it's just not convenient or, you know, a matter of priority. If I have something that's really important, you want me to do something, then, you know, um, you might have to wait. Well, I was so, going to say then showing a little bit of grace too, because like if I need the trash taken out now, you know, I want the trash taken out now, but I also have to realize that there might be some times where I want the trash taken out now, but you have X, Y, and Z that you need to do. So you might have to wait an hour before you take it out. Absolutely. And that's the grace behind that. So like, I mean, if I wake up the next day and the same trash is sitting there, then we might have a little problem. But if it's like two or three hours later, you know, I have to... I have to share that grace. And that's something, again, that's something that we really have to learn because I am a do it and do it now type of person. Like if I have something on my mind, I have to complete it at that point in time. I have to, whatever the case may be, but you're not like that. And so that was an adjustment for me because I'm like, you know, I said, I said, we need to like vacuum that the living room. Can you vacuum the living room? Okay. Okay, but like, why didn't you get up to vacuum the living room? I thought we was doing this right now. And so I had to adjust and realize that um, just because I ask you to do something doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be done in that moment. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking about when I was doing this outline because I'm just all over the place. We want to go right back because to... you're tired. It's because again, it is ten thirty at night, but we are making this happen because we got all types of babies and life and pandemics and locked in houses and stuff. So we're just making it's it fine. Work. This is only episode three, 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 three. <laughs> See, see how tired you are. You just doing stuff. <laughs> I'm not tired. Anyway, so we're going back to fighting or intense fellowship um, if you're going to fight fight fair um one of the things that no let me say a couple of things that aren't fair when you know when you're getting into it one thing is name calling or attacks like character attacks um absolutely Hopefully nobody's doing that, but I just figured I'd throw that out there. Um, bringing up past um, altercations, past, past offenses, offenses yeah. past whatever, you know, thing that might have happened again, um, you know. And that's even if, like, the same thing happened five, six, seven times. Like, just address in that moment what's happening. Don't address the seven times beforehand that you didn't say anything, like. Because that puts well, up a defense. Even if you did, because yeah, it there puts are times up a defense when in that person. there are times when it's you know circumstance. Maybe there's a reason why it happened this time that was different from the other time, and it had nothing to do with you know me trying to hurt your feelings or me forgetting about you or me whatever, right. whatever the case may be. But to address um, those things on a case by case um, basis, 
Um, right. Or the grace that people make multiple, mis- I mean, make the same mistake multiple times. I mean, now we're talking about like nothing super, super crazy egregious. We've never experienced anything like that. So, you know, we can't discuss or really give any knowledge or anything. I'm losing all my words. See, that's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to follow where you're going. But, but okay, here we go. No, I'm just saying, like, if somebody has an issue with mm-hmm. like cheating or something like that, like we don't know that, so I don't know, you know, in yeah. terms of um, how you would address that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But if it's, I asked you again. I'm going back to the trash. I asked you to take out the trash, and now this is the third time that we had this situation, and you didn't take out the trash. I'm not in fighting fair i'm not going to be like remember those last three times we had this conversation about you taking out the trash because it's something that we learned in our own marriage is it does build a wall and immediately as soon as you do something like that the other person doesn't hear you anymore they just hear the attacks that you are creating and so they build up a defense wall they may stop listening they may feel like now they have to say whatever back Mm -hmm. um whatever they've been feeling now I gotta tell you just because they're upset that you they feel like you're saying something to them. So then it creates a whole argument over something simple like a trash, like taking out the trash. Yeah. Where it didn't need to go there, but Yeah. Uh another thing for me would be um don't fill in the gaps or don't create take, gaps. Take statements at face value. Yeah. Um, that was hard for me in the beginning. Even now. I'm trying to think of an example and not nothing crazy, but like think of an example of something that was said. And I was like, how in the world did you read that? Because <laughs> I'm a woman. And Listen, I said. There's multiple layers. To, I think that's just the difference between being a man and a woman, too, is that there's stuff that you say that in your mind, it makes complete sense because you said it as factual as you could. But in my mind, You said that, but that meant that, and I can trace that back to that, or this one time I felt like that, or I heard that it could be that. And so for me, something that could be very factual for you can now create layers of emotional, like whatever to me. Um, But again, I had to learn that, like, like you said, don't make something that it's not like take it at face value. Don't try to create a situation or create a problem. Yeah. I mean, I I can appreciate that to a degree. The only reason why I say to a degree is because I think as you learn a person, you should be able to um, understand that, you know, what they're saying is, is, is what they mean. Like if you ask me what's on my mind and I say nothing, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could have nothing. Do you remember that one time? Be nothing on my mind. <laughs> I'm looking at a TV. I'm not even watching the TV. I am zoning out and I'm not thinking about anything. Ladies, don't you wish you could ever like have a time where you could just have nothing? I've never experienced nothing. Forget what we were watching and listening to where they were explaining that. Do you remember that? It was like the video and the guy was saying that men have a box and they have a nothing box in their brains. I think that was one of the marriage retreats. Yeah, and they were saying that men have a, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, they have a nothing box. And when women ask them, what are they thinking? They say nothing. They literally mean nothing. But a woman doesn't have a nothing box that every aspect of her brain is something filled with something. (laughs) So to even think about nothing, she's thinking about how she can fill nothing with something. 
I need a nothing. That's a bar. That's crazy. (laughs) So even in that, you have to realize that you are created differently. And the idea that you would just automatically communicate well. But there's so many different things that go into your communication, the way that you were raised, the way that you saw other people communicating, what you think is right, what you think is wrong. It's like all of that has to disappear and you have to create this whole new dynamic when you get married. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's a lot like a dance. I mean, there's certain aspects of me that might never change, but you're able to live in that space where, you know, it might not be comfortable up front, but you live to, you know, be able to deal with that and vice versa. And I think that, you know, there are times when there are certain things that I I do, certain thoughts that, you know, I have that that have to not just take a back seat, but they have to die because, you know, we're living in this singular universe where it's just you and I. In order for there to be harmony, we have to find a place for, you know, our our stuff, quote unquote. So there's a lot of things that have to be unloaded in order to fit in this space. Right. And you also have to be willing to pivot with your partner as well, because who I am today is not who I am when we got married. Same thing with you. And the way that we communicate today is not the way that we communicated then. And it may not be the way that we communicate five, 10 years from now or 30 years from now or anything like that. So you have to be constant. You're a studier of your partner. You are. What am I trying to say? Help me out. You are a student of your spouse. Yes, you are a student of your spouse. And so you have to constantly be learning who they are and where they are and adjust accordingly. Probably my third year, third year of college right now. Oh, you didn't graduate yet? Mm -mm, No. 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 When when do you ever graduate? I don't think you ever graduate. No, it's just continued education. (laughs) I'm a life learner. (laughs) So you got you're almost done with your bachelor's and you got to get your master's and then you're uh-huh. going to go ahead and get your PhD. And then we're just going to get a bunch of certificates uh-huh. until, <laughs> yeah. until the end game. Yeah. But that, I think that's how it really is because again, like I said, you're always shifting and you're becoming a new person. Uh-huh. So, but you know, and, and I, th- I like where you were going with that because a part of studying or learning your, 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 um, your spouse is, you know, the, quality time that you have with them. And so one of the things that we um, had emphasized to us was to make sure that we continue um, a date night. Because when we were dating and engaged, we were joined at the hip all the time. All the time, yeah. Every weekend, throughout the day, multiple times a day, we spoke on the phone. Yeah. But, you know... We saw each other every weekend. A year and a half after that, you know, now we're we're married and and I guess in the total it was like three, three years. But, you know, on the other side of marriage, um, it's, it's, it was different for, for us because we had two kids and then by the end of year one, um, 
you know. I was like pregnant, three. pregnant, and we had a new baby, and our first child together was born prematurely, and so that threw in a whole new ball game. Um, life definitely changed for us. So, yeah, we had to adjust to being parents together for the first time. That's a whole episode right there. Um, but adjusting to now being parents again for the first time together. Yeah. In addition to the dynamic of our entire household changed. I went from working full time to being a stay at home mom. You went from working full time to working full time multiple jobs because I was at home. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we knew or that we set out to do shifted on us quickly. <laughs> we had to, yeah, just really figure out and make that one work. I mean, we did. We still do. But it was definitely a big adjustment. Yeah, and because of the because of this uh, pandemic, I mean, every day is a date night, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, it's we're really fortunate just enough about yeah. making it, you know, making time special. Um, I think for us now, we just try to do maybe what two two, maybe three times a, a month to let the kids see a grandparent or something like that. And yeah. we just have some time to ourselves and we're able to connect and, you know, enjoy one another's company. Yeah. Now it looks more like just being at home alone. But <laughs> um Or trying know. to do something when they go to sleep. We've made dinner, um, like a full Yeah, but that's not that's that's alone time. I mean a date night. No, that was the one time when we made the whole meal. I'm trying to separate the two. Oh, okay. A date night is something special. That's not something that's... I thought that was special. It is special, but like, that to me, that wasn't a date night. Oh. If you want to put it in, that's fine. I, I, I had mean, to put it cool. in the date night category. We've never done that before. But like, some, like, all right, so let me ask you, what was one of your favorite date nights? Oh, when we went wine tasting. Mm-hmm. That was that happened over there. Well, so so we have to back up a little bit though. I'm gonna rewind us again because you went from when we first um when we were dating and when we were engaged, and date night was very important to us. And we did. We had a, a set every Friday night. We spent time just the two of us. I mean, this was after, you know, Kylan went to bed. Are you backtracking um, all the way to No, but I but hold on, let me let me let me let me do me. So we had our set date night, and then we got married. And date night kind of disappeared, okay, because we were in this mist of like craziness. In the and then of parenting and marriage. Yes, but then in life. Yes, because then right after we had Miley, shortly after we got pregnant again, and then we got pregnant again, mm -hmm. and then we got pregnant again, and so, <laughs> and so the last six years has really been all about our kids and babies and raising five children. And we're now in a space where since July, so it's still new to us for the first time in our marriage and the first time where we're together, really, where we are back at that space. Well, yes, yeah, since we got married, but we're back at that space when we were dating, when we can actually take an opportunity to have like a official date night. So this is Again. all. Yeah. So this is all new to I us. This I has been a long time coming. But, you know, we oh, my favorite was. Forget the wine tasting when we got to go to D.C. by ourselves. That was the mm -hmm. first time we traveled since our honeymoon, just the two of us. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, It took us that long. <laughs> it 
to travel just the two of us but I mean really though in reality so you have to figure out honestly at the end of the day what works for you and your marriage um I wish we would have had an opportunity to do more like significant date nights but I don't think at the time life afforded that to us yeah um but I'm grateful now that we have an opportunity where we can take time just the two of us um and I think it's absolutely necessary yeah yeah and so I think and the reason why I wanted to uh differentiate the time because we made sure that our kids go to bed at seven every night yes they do and the time that you know they go to sleep until whenever we fall asleep is is our time. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I wanted to make that distinction was because it's still very important for you to experience really fun things, you know, with your spouse. Right. Going, traveling, going out to eat, um, going out dancing, or whatever you're into. I like going to the range, so you know that's probably one of my favorite date nights. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, and I like going out to eat. So anytime we go out to eat, it's one of my favorite date nights. Yeah. But I know that's not your thing. But so, see how yeah. we have to work alongside each other because yeah, yeah. I could, you know, the range is okay. Mm -hmm. But I know that you love that or mm -hmm. going to play pool. You yeah. love doing that, yep. and so and it has to be something that works for both of you too. It can't just be I love going out to eat. So our date nights always consist of us going out to eat, right? Um, or vice versa. You like going to the pool hall. So every time. We're supposed to go on a date. We go on a pool hall. And then you have to be, you have to think outside of the box too. Right. Like, it doesn't always have to be, like, me, I don't like flowers. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't need all that. I don't need you to show up with, like, a dozen roses that all dress. Like, no, let's just go throw on some clothes and go like we did. Like, let's just go wine tasting. That just sounds like a whole lot of fun. And so it just has to be something that works for you. It doesn't have to look like what the love stories and movies and all that kind of stuff looks like. Just whatever works for you. Yeah. So those were just a couple of things. We just wanted to give you a little some little 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 bite size, forty two minutes of of of, uh, of sleepiness, of advice, <laughs> and some gems, uh, life lessons what we've learned really yeah what we would tell our kids yeah yeah or anybody that we know getting married that's what we're gonna do we're about to tell y'all what we would tell anybody if they were sitting in front of us mm -hmm. yeah. just gonna share it with everybody at one time all up in our business <laughs> not all y'all don't get everything i didn't say Things. all the business but all, up in. <laughs> all up in what the business we want to give you <laughs> yeah anyway Thank you so much for spending some time with us and checking out our third episode of Hues of Love. He's going to stop doing that, too. I'm not. He is. I'm not. I like it. Nope. Midnight love voice. Nobody else likes it, though. You don't know that. I do. Nobody's told I can you see comments already. People's like, they don't like it. They want I you to stop. I don't think so. Oh, no. Okay. See? Sleepy does. Good night, guys.